What is going on you guys and welcome back to another episode of Stock Battles. This will cap off our month of April I guess. It's already the 26th here when we're filming this and then next thing you know it's May and then June and then there goes half <laughs> the year. We're in the summer. Yeah. Then the, summertime, the, yeah. The, uh, the, the, the year is speeding by so I look forward to this. Look forward to this battle with you, Brandon. Always do. Yeah, I have no clue what your stock is. I don't think you know what my stock is uh, no either idea. here. So this should be insightful to both of us. And I believe you do have a little announcement for our upcoming stock battle. Is that correct? I sure do. What we've decided to do uh, is the next video in this series. We're going to go back to where we first started. So a couple of years ago, and we're going to recap and summarize all of the battles. So mm -hmm. basically, you know, whose pick did better. We're going to incorporate the, the comments and the votes that we get from, from you guys, whether you picked the stock that did, that did best. Um, on that note, when you do leave a comment, make sure you just say, I vote for something or I pick whatever, because sometimes there's really good comments, but we don't, I don't know who you're, you're voting for. So just to be in, included in those counts, that's pretty good there. So yeah, really looking forward to that. And some of our, uh, a lot of our viewers have asked for that recap and you know one of our regular commenters robert taylor a few weeks ago he went through and he kind of did his own little version and a summary mm. of them all so appreciate that but we're going to put it all into one one video and that will be coming up the next uh video in this series so if you're not already subscribed to the channel uh go ahead and do that and you'll be uh, up to date with uh with what we're going there and of course don't forget to vote for this battle as well Absolutely. Well, hey, why don't I kick it off here, Dad? Uh, sure. The company that I want to talk about today is a company called Palo Alto Networks, ticker PAN.W. New stock here to the channel that we've talked about. I don't believe you've covered this stock. Uh, Never have. To my knowledge, no. So this no. one is new for our viewers. Uh, this is not a typical stock that I would, you know, personally buy i know that's funny you say oh it's stock battle but it's not stock that buy. well hey maybe for some of you guys out there who are in more of the growth space this may be up your alley they do trade with a slightly frothy valuation in my opinion which we'll look at in a second but hey growth stock and really what spurred this pick today dad was a couple videos ago i talked about how i would not buy blackberry stock i don't know if you saw that video but i was I like a yeah. couple stocks i would not buy yeah. and i had a little segment where i talked about cybersecurity. And I saw a couple comments down there asking about, you know, hey, I'm interested in the field. Da, 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 da. We actually had an academy student, you know, really reach out and they were very interested in the field. So this was one of the few stocks that I was looking at. Fortinet was another one and another one called CrowdStrike actually is what I've just been kind of scanning over the past couple weeks. And um, yeah, this is the one I want to dive into today. So here's the share price trading for $184. We see that they've gone on a pretty good run since COVID and they are trading close to all time highs. So, like I said, I typically like to, just my way I like to look at stocks, I like to look for value and I like to look at stocks that often are beaten down. This is far from it. This is a stock that's been performing really, really, really well. But as a brief overview, pretty clear this is an American-based cybersecurity company, but they do have clients all over the world. So they're in over 150 countries. They serve over 70,000 organizations and they specialize in you know, things you'd expect with cybersecurity, right? Advanced firewalls, cloud-based security offerings, yada, yada, yada. They're basically providing these big organizations uh, a service to keep their data and information secure, which is very, very important in the modern day, as we'll talk about as I summarize this up. Re really, the thesis, I believe, is is a very bullish one for the entire field. And this is, of course, one of the major players. If we take a look at their market share, just looking at this blue line or the blue kind of bars at the bottom, since 2012, they've went from 3% market share to nearly 20%. And that's just as of 2022. So in the past decade, grown, grown and fighting into this, eating into this space 
a fair amount. It's pretty clear when we look at their numbers, you know, why I say this is a growth stock. They are growing very, very fast. This is their revenue numbers going from basically 1 billion back five years ago to here we see that six times higher at 6 billion revenue uh, pulled in in the recent year. They're landing big clients, a big emphasis on sales and growing the business essentially just trying to you know get their product out there and just continue to eat at market share if we kind of dial into their most recent earnings report so this is just last month that it got announced they continued the strong growth so revenues were up 26 percent cash flow and operating income up 55 percent and to hone in on the cash flow metric which we love so much on this channel we see this now coming in just shy of two billion dollars and the one thing that, like I said, I, I'm slightly hesitant about, like clearly they're growing, clearly they're doing well and they have a service out there that's valuable, but the price, you know, could be argued as a bit high and you get that with the growth stock. Sometimes you do, whether it's a Tesla or this and you're buying into a power, a stock that's trucking along. I mean, the question just becomes, are we paying a fair price today? And what I looked at here was their forward price to sales metric. So here we see them trading at 7.6 times, which again, many would argue is high. But I think it's fair given how fast they're growing, because if you look over to the right, this is their estimated sales growth. And we see this coming in at about 17%, 16.8%. However, it is a quote unquote cheaper option looking at their direct peers. When we look at, for example, how fast they're looking to grow their earnings, this is growing extremely well. Strong return on equity. The earnings are expected to significantly outpace both the market and of course their industry. So while it, does trade at a, you know, I would argue a frothy valuation, especially if you're going to look at something like PE, you're essentially paying for this growth. You're paying for, you know, a company that is performing very, very, very well. And really, I just want to speak for a moment on like the thesis data. And I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but of all the areas out there that there are, um, especially in tech, I think cybersecurity is one of those fields that is a bit of a, ge a gem that maybe doesn't get the coverage like, you know, your big tech social media companies or what we would see here. Very rarely do I hear people talk about cybersecurity, you know, cloud security stocks. But the reality is the trend that we're seeing in our world favors this business so, so much, right? Like I can throw up a stat here, which is I believe taken last year. So back in 2022, but it's just talking about how many companies will be transitioning to the cloud you know, over the next year and over the next one, two, three, five years, companies going from a traditional kind of like, you know, what's the word I'm trying to say, like local based storage of all their information up to the cloud, all of their workloads are just moving to the cloud. It's more efficient for the companies. Uh, like that is the direction that they're heading. It's more cost effective. It's just faster. That's just what's going to happen. But that does come with the, the risk. They're more susceptible to these data attacks and these data breaches. And people you know there are bad actors out there and bad apples and every day there's i say people but companies and organizations and these bad you know hackers who are trying to just get at this information they're trying to just you know breach and 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 you know compromise these companies of large large scales every single day and that's not going to let up anytime soon and what i think is actually unique about a, a company like this is regardless of what type of market we're in like doesn't matter if we're in a bull market, bear market, recession or not, those breaches on data, that doesn't stop, right? This is an area of a company's business where like, let's assume we're going to a recession, you know, a, an official recession over the next, you know, few months, year, whatever it is. 
I definitely see the case where companies can cut back, you know, maybe their marketing a little bit. They'll cut back on their new hires and their uh, business development. You know, there's there are a lot of areas of a business that you can trim back, but you don't have companies like Apple and all these big, you know, behemoths cutting back on their security. That's just like a non-negotiable. That's like a steady eddy thing that when they look at their budget and these companies, their clients have massive budgets, millions and billions of dollars, and they have to allocate it here to keep their data secure. To me, I'd argue, and I think it's a fair argument that this does have somewhat of a recession resilient aspect to it, right? So that's kind of what I'm getting at. And like I said, just seeing the trend of how businesses are operating nowadays, it's an important, important part of a business. And for any player in the field, I think it's a good area to be in. I think Palo Alto in particular should benefit from this. I mentioned a couple other options and I know we're only picking one stock today, dad, but I was like, you know what? I'll maybe throw in a bonus because like I said, I've been looking at another one like CrowdStrike, you know, does play in a similar field. A lot of the thesis that we talked about would apply. This one has gone down 50%. So instead of trading at all time highs, this one has come down. And, you know, with a value approach that I typically like to look at, you know, it warranted looking a little bit deeper and say, hey, you know, is there a reason for this? Is this company far, you know, less superior? It's trading at about half the market cap. So it's just another option that I would throw out to people who are interested. But nevertheless, the one that I wanted to highlight today is Palo Alto trading at $184. Definitely a growth stock. They're definitely posting uh, strong numbers. And I think that they're operating in a good field. So that's my pick for today. Well, I must say, um, yeah, I've never looked into this company, Brandon. Uh, good presentation. And, uh, you know, you, you really resonated with me when you talked about uh, a couple of things, but just the, the growing need for cybersecurity and the fact that it, it's there. It's a need all the time. You know, it's not a cyclical uh, type thing. Now, that said, I'm not encouraging votes. For it, sounds like you, it sounds like I got your vote. Um, yeah, you have my interest, but this reminds me of a, of a trial when you know the prosecution comes out and they give their spiel. And then, you know, the, it, the guy's looking so guilty, right? But then the defense comes on and gives there, you go like, oh, okay, maybe there's more to it. So I think, I think with the company I'm going to put up here as well, there's going to be some pretty good, uh, pretty good, well, I'm not going to refute what you said, but there'll be another side to the story as well. Let's so. hear it. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear what you have in store. Sounds good. Well, I was, as I looked through my, my shortlist, I was looking at one of the screens I have set up and, and this, this company came on. Uh, the screen there, and I, there was a few of them that I was trying to decide. And then I was reminiscing, Brandon, to when you were a teenager, and it really helped me solidify my pick. And so for the, the stock I'm going to cover today, uh, it's called Lazy Boy Incorporated. So thank you for the inspiration for from that from your teenage years, Brandon. Um, the, tra- the company trades on the New York Stock Exchange, currently around $27.70. It has a $1.2 billion market cap, and that is a smaller company than I would typically own or pick. Um, but it did kind of stick out at me here. Even though this market cap is relatively small compared to what we normally cover, it's still, if you look at uh, it compared to their peers here, it doubles the size of their most, uh, the most, uh, the other largest competitor. <clears throat> then you can sort of see down the list here how small these companies get. Uh, Lazy Boy has three major reporting segments. They've got their wholesale segment. And this is, you know, you'll see brands like England, Lazy Boy itself, American Drew, Hammery, Kincaid. This is their international distribution network. They also have their company-owned retail stores. So this is where you'll see those huge Lazy Boy furniture gallery mm-hmm. signs out there. 
They also have an online segment called Joybird. And this was a, a, an asset that they actually acquired not that long ago, back in 2018. Um, hasn't really shown a lot of promise yet, but, but they are going to be working on that. When you look at what their sources of revenue come, where do their sales come in? About half, a little more than half, 54% of their sales come from the wholesale. So this is manufacturing the actual products themselves. 39% of their comes from their Lazy Boy retail stores. And then a smaller amount comes from that third segment, the Joybird segment. When you look at the manufacturing versus the selling, to break that down, about $1.8 billion uh, they generate every year in actually making the furniture, so manufacturing the sofas, the chairs, etc., and then almost a billion in the selling side of things. Now, okay, we have a stock battle here. That we have, a, you know, we're looking out for for a year, and that's also a, another challenge that, we, that you and I have because we don't typically buy companies for a year, but that's part of no. this this battle here. Um, when you look at a company like this, obviously things like inflation can be a major a, a major issue. It's nice to see inflation starting to come down. We've seen pretty consistent numbers there. So I think that that is something that should help a company like Lazy Boy. Let's look at the growth though. When we look back over their five-year numbers and their revenue. So they're $2.47 billion in revenue in the last 12 months. And you can see by this chart here how consistent that is with the obvious exception there being COVID. Like everybody else, you know, their numbers went down there. Their five-year compound annual growth rate is 9.17%, so very impressive there. From a five-year sales, let's look at operating margin, EPS. We can see the dark, the, you know, the darker green rectangles here, that represents their earnings per share. Nice, steady growth there. Their operating margin consistently is operating sort of in that eight to 9% range, so very steady. Look at the sales number. I mean, the sales number just spiked up over the last year, last the last fiscal year, and you know some of that, a lot of that was probably a backlog from people who couldn't get what they wanted through 20, through 2021 as there were supply chain issues. Uh, but absolutely, we're seeing that there's a, a strong demand there. Now, with that goes inventory. I wanted to take a look at their inventory. And they do have a rising inventory over the last number of quarters. And I see that as a double-edged sword, really, because obviously you want to have the inventory because if there's that demand, you, know, you want to have it there because you're putting it out mm -hmm. the door. But at the same time, you really have to be careful that it doesn't get out of out of hand. But I think right now, uh, the company, I, you know, I haven't seen anything that shows that's becoming a problem. So I like the fact that there's the demand. They're able to, to meet the demand, which, as we know, a lot of retailers aren't able to do that these days. From a capital allocation perspective, the company places a really high focus on returning value to shareholders. And their target is about 50% actually of their cash flow is returned to the shareholders. And we can see by this next chart here, over the last five years, their capital priorities, 28% of the cash flow went to share repurchases, 15% went to dividends. And that translates into some real dollars. For example, fiscal year to date, 2023, up $22 million of dividends sent back, $5 million of share repurchases. So um, that is something that I always like to see a company that does you know, actually share uh, the, the revenues, the profits with the investors. And so that's something that we see here. Critically right now, uh, Lazy Boy is going through what they've branded as their century vision strategy. And this is an effort to expand their store galleries by about 400 over the next three to four years. So by 2027, they're expected to have 400 more stories, uh, more stores rather. They're gonna renovate or relocate another 16 uh, of their existing stores. And they're working hard to improve the online, that Joybird uh, segment that they have to work on that. 
if you look at this from a balance sheet perspective, they have about $293 million on hand right now. And for a company of this size, that's a good number and it really should help them execute the strategies that they've laid out for the next number of years. We can see that number on the chart here. Total current assets, about 850 million. Total debt, $430 million. We have a current ratio of 1.7. So there's certainly no liquidity issues here as they move through this execution phase. From a valuation perspective, this is a very attractive scenario. And that's one of the reasons I think right now they might be good to buy. This is actually how it popped up on one of my screens. Um, not just one or two, but if we look through this Seeking Alpha list here of their current valuation metrics, I mean, pretty much everything is an A or a B across the screen there. And I just want to highlight a few of those right now. When I look at their price to earnings ratio over the last 12 months, they're currently trading at about seven. Well, their five-year PE ratio uh, average is 16.42. So significantly undervalued to what they typically will trade at. The sector itself averages 15.5. So uh, very attractive there. Their forward PE at 9.8 currently. Their five-year average 15 the sector average 14. So I see that as being very, very attractive. Price to book over the last 12 months, currently 1.4. The average is almost two with this company and 2.63 for the sector. And you talked about a price to sales in your presentation here. They have a forward price to sales of 0.5 currently. And their average is about 0.9. And the sector average is 1.12. So uh, again, I see some good value there. Dividends. We like to look at dividends. They currently pay a dividend of 2.6% roughly. Uh, they have a payout ratio of 17% right now. So there's clearly a lot of comfort there. We can see by this chart here that they've been consistent paying out dividends other than, of course, they had that hiccup uh, back in 2000 when COVID hit. So I expect, you know, barring another major incident like that, we'll see that to continue. Uh, the price target, when we look at what the analysts out there, what Wall Street is pricing this is, they're giving it a target of $43 a share. As I mentioned, it's currently trading at under $28. So we're looking at a 50, 55% upside in this if the uh, analysts, of course, are correct. I look at this as a, a strong brand. I think everybody pretty much knows what Lazy Boy is. They see all the stories mm -hmm. out there. Uh, they're profitable. They are a growing business with a great segment right now. And of course, that focus on returning the value to the shareholders, something I like. So for my submission in this stock battle, um, is going to be Lazy Boy. And hey, Brian, I, I, I get it how different these are. I mean, you picked the, you know, the Palo Alto, so a totally different industry um, compared to Lazy Boy, an old school industry. So we'll see what the viewers uh, think, who they want to pick on this. And just a reminder, please do vote and please be explicit in your comments so I know that you're voting for one company or another. For sure. Yeah, yeah. that was good. I like that. I, that's... um. I've actually never looked into Lazy Boy stock. I, I drive, there's a Lazy Boy, you know, like you said, there's a big, there's a big store, there's a location <laughs> by my house, yeah. but I yeah. never thought about buying the stock. But I do, I, I, I think I like Lazy Boy, like the big recliners. That's you know, I. When you think of Lazy Boy, that's what you think of, right? You think the of big, a, yeah, the a, big recliners. You know, a kind of a, a lazy man sitting in his chair with a yeah. clicker and, and really enjoying. I didn't. Life, I but. didn't agree with your comment about my teenage years. Well, of course habits. you didn't because you were a teenager back then and you didn't realize your, you know, your behavior. But I, yeah, I still don't agree with you yeah. even as a non-teenager. <laughs> bust out some old videos maybe. Or... <laughs> ah, well, good. hey, um, good pick, Dad. Hopefully we'll see down in the comment section below. We'd love to hear what you guys think of mm -hmm. our uh, mm -hmm. selections. Um, if you're not already subscribed to the channel, you like these series, just subscribe. We do this every once in a while, at least once a month uh, or so. Uh, we post a lot of other stock market content, particularly for Canadians. So drop a thumbs up on the video. Make sure you subscribe. 
Of course, as always, we do have our investing academy, which is that first link down below for course and training courses taught by myself, Mark. Uh, we even have some other instructors who teach in there and we've helped thousands of Canadians through, uh, through our training program. So it is really, really cool if you are in the market for training and then heads up to, I will put out a more formal announcement for those that, but for those that are sticking around till now, we do have an, an event coming uh, up next month. So it's actually a joint event with Blossom. We got a couple of big sponsors from, uh, yeah, across the board who you will, you guys will be familiar with and we've secured a venue. So stay very tuned for details on that. And it's going to be in Vancouver to meet some of you guys and a bunch of other people. Um, some special people come flying in from Toronto. It's going to be really, really a blast. So that's just a little tease, but there will be more information. And for anybody that's you know, been wanting to meet myself or Mark, um, who's been a subscriber we'll be of the channel. We'd love to, the opportunity to come meet you guys and take photos and have some beer and food. And it should be just an absolute blast. But that will be next month, May, later May. Later, uh, May. later May. So basically the end of May. Te technically May 29th, if anyone wants to put the date down. But uh, we got a busy month ahead of us too, Dad. Um, so I'm excited. May's going to be a great month. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess we're uh, we're going down to Omaha in a in a week. I guess so. We're on Omaha in a week, and um, we're going to go down to the Berkshire Hathaway annual general meeting. And I've been a couple of times before, and I've always wanted to, to go with Brandon. You know, especially since he got into the business and and uh, see Warren Buffett in action and Charlie Munger, and just take in the the um, the celebration of the AGM there. And uh, so I'm really I'm really pumped that in a week we'll be going there, and then then we're going to take a little bit of R and R. For a few days, Abraham. Hey, yeah, take the we're gonna, we're, we'll, tr we'll try and get him on the channel. If he walks by, I'll, I'm gonna pitch him to come uh, do a, do an episode with us. That's the major issue, right? That's, That's the why major we're going. Goal. <laughs> so yeah. Well, good, Brandon. Cool. Well, hey, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in all the way through. Yeah, um, very curious to see what the what the response is on this one. Two very different companies, as you mentioned, Dad. But let's wrap it up there. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for the presentation. And yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one.